0: and girls ladies and gents welcome to another episode of stadium Miguel. it's uncle silk
1: it's your boy 35 the all-american and
2: dan
0: uh beautiful monday afternoon beautiful monday night in the fall of october how y'all boys feeling
1: oh i'm I'm wonderful i'm wonderful i can't be greater i cannot be greater you are gator so
2: guys it's hard to believe it's october Uh, I feel like this year has just flown by at times. Flown Um, by?
1: It hasn't flown by. (laughs) I I, I, I feel like like it's it's flown by like Dan said, but also this shit feels like it's been forever.
2: I feel like March and uh, uh, April took forever, and then the rest of the last six months have been a blur. Uh, Football's in the air. The Gators are 2-0. The Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. Got to shout out my boys. Shout
0: out the Lightning, man.
2: And then uh games. yeah, that's right. And then we're just a few w- games away from our Miami Heat and our Miami Marlins from winning whoa, their respective titles.
1: Dan, we give you a, we give you a little bit of room and now you
2: can take me. A
1: little bit of it, Dan. You want to go
0: crazy. do make me a fireball fan. I am not a fireball fan, um, Dan.
1: <laughs> you got them crazy takes, Dan. I'm just happy. I'm just happy that they're there, boys.
0: All right, man. We got All a big right. win versus the um, South Carolina game cause. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, what do you got for us, Dan? Y'all got anything y'all want to catch up on the past weekend? I'm good, man. I just watched football. Not yeah, I much.
2: watched football, too. It was a relaxing uh, relaxing weekend. I needed it. So, oh, man. I All I, right. I, worked- I, I, I,
1: ahead, haven't, man. I haven't said this in a long time, or I haven't been able to say this in a long time, Daniel, man. But, uh, you know, my uh, we, we first in the uh, NFC South. So, uh, you know, congratulations to the Bucs right now. You know and, I think I've not say that in a long time, then. But you know,
2: everybody's sports teams are booming right now. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying.
1: You know what yeah, man, you see my Ravens.
2: Yeah, that's right. My my Dolphins had a big win over the Jaguar. And when I mean a big win, it's probably because it's going to be one of their only wins. You know, so got to Jaguars.
0: Wow, did you guys play out to the Jags? Or are you just going to not talk about it?
2: Did we? Oh yeah, we lost. <laughs> we lost to the Seahawks. Very good. We lost to the Seahawks. <laughs> Oh, oh, still, reminis- still reminiscing about the win over the Jaguars. Yeah, big wow. wing
0: against the Jazz got you a little thrown off. I get it. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, we, we struggled against the mighty <laughs> Seahawks. Shout out to uh to Freddie Swain, though. I think he's about to earn that wide receiver three spot over there in Seattle. So
0: yeah, he, he hooping a little bit. Shout, Shout out to, to him, nephew Freddie out here.
2: All right, boys. Well, we got a big show. So, as always, this episode of Stadium and Gale is presented by the Thomas firm, which is gonna handle all your property. Uh, damage to your home or business insurance claims. Their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida and no claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect you have damage to your home, give the Thomas law firm a call for a free consultation to ensure that the insurance company is going to pay what you are owed for the complete repair of your home. No charge unless they cover what you're Owed from your insurance company. Again, give them a call, 813 221 2525, or visit their website, tntattorneys.com. Again, the Thomas firm, 813 221 2525. All right, boys. Um, Gators coming this week after a win over South Carolina, ranked number four in the AP poll, uh, and then they are third, uh, tied with Georgia uh, in the coaches' poll ranking. You guys surprised Georgia jumped Florida or don't really care or any thoughts?
0: I thought Georgia put on quite the show. I think Auburn is is worse than we all think, but I thought they put on a good show versus Auburn and dominated from start to beginning. So, yeah, I I think they should have jumped us. I think we're tied with them in the coaches poll. I think none of this matters. I mean, we got to square up with them and throw hands in in, in a few weeks regardless, so none of it matters in the grand scheme of it all. But, yeah, I think they deserve to – just jump us a little bit. I thought we could have dominated a lot, South Carolina, kind of a lot um, more. Yep. We'll talk about that later.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Georgia looks like a pretty complete team out there right now.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely look different from uh week one to, to week two. Um two, two way different Georgia teams. Um they, they definitely look complete. So um yeah, we gotta go out there and play better than we did in South Carolina,
2: man. And if we wanna go out there and beat Georgia in a few weeks. Well, that's enough praising uh, Georgia for this podcast for the rest of the month. Uh, Zach Carter, named SEC Defensive Line Player of the Week, uh, finished the week with eight tackles uh, and and one-and-a-half sacks. Uh, I thought he played really impressively, I think, from a guy that from the South Carolina game last year uh, to this year has probably uh, improved just about as much as any Gator has. So shout-out to Zach Carter.
0: And then Zach Zach is playing out of position. Um, Yeah. If he was actually playing strong side defensive end, he'd be dominating and killing. Those stats would be a lot better. So shout out to him for sacrificing playing inside defensive tackle and also getting productive, man. He's going to look good on this NFL film, showing that he can play inside and outside.
2: Absolutely. And uh, Brenton Cox uh, was named to the Pro Football Focus Defensive Line of the Week, so shout out to him. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about Brenton Cox, I want to see what your guys' thoughts are. He seems like he, he over-pursues a little bit. Do you guys notice that at all, or is that just my, uh, my novice eye?
0: He speed rushes every play. I don't know if it's yeah. over. Pursued. Let's get into that later. Let's get okay. into. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think he's speed rushing every play. Yeah. up up the field and losing, losing contain. Um, yeah. You can run right, right, right underneath him because he's pass rushing a lot, but go ahead.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Trent Whittemore, uh, the great white hope uh, was graded out as a champion. So shout out to uh, Trent Whittemore. I uh, had a touchdown, had an unbelievably athletic, sneaky athletic, if you will uh, catch over to uh, South Carolina defensive ends. All right. Uh, pardon me. Cornerbacks. Uh, unbelievably beautiful pass by Kyle Trask, but just an even better catch by uh, Trent who We hyped up a little bit before uh, the season started, but man, really showing out uh, this season for him. Uh, The Heisman odds were updated. Uh, Both Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts uh, were ranked in the top 10. I think Kyle Pitts Pitts, uh, right now has the 8th or ninth best odds to win the Heisman, and Kyle Trask has the 3rd best odds uh, to win the Heisman. Uh, I think that there's only been a few players that have caught footballs. So let me see. Uh, no two tight ends have won the trophy, uh, Larry Kelly and Leon Hart, uh, and just two, uh, wide receivers, Desmond Howard, who, who played both sides of the ball at Michigan. And then Tim Brown have won as wide receivers. So only four pass catchers have ever, uh, captured the Heisman trophy So Shout out to Kyle Pitts for even being, uh, in that conversation. Ethan white update, uh, silk. You want to go over this one? Um, um, Dan Mullen, I,
0: I think they had a presser, and he he pretty much said that he'd be back the fourth game of the season. They, that is when they expect them back. So, um, we should see him soon. I don't know who gets kicked out. I think the played okay the last game. I don't, I still don't know that that keeps him in the rotation, but mm-hmm. I expect somebody to get booted out when Ethan's back and our run game to get even better. And, and it has been solid. So, um, uh, more optimism for the run game and the offense.
2: Absolutely, and in a, a few other player notes, uh, Brad Stewart will be back uh, for this weekend's game. Uh, Emory Jones is still expected to miss exactly. a few. Is Brad
0: Stewart confirmed? I've been hearing different things, so is, is Brad Stewart confirmed?
2: I, I think as confirmed as any news with Brad Stewart can be. Um, I heard today that Brad Stewart is expected to play. He is backing up uh, Marco Wilson at the star position on the depth chart. I am told nice. uh, that he is – likely to play this week uh, but with any brad stewart news we can take that with a grain of salt uh, as well um again that's you know that that could change uh, and that could just be my source i was told uh that he will be back this week
0: that makes and, me warm and fuzzy inside daniel it
2: sure, sure does sure does uh, and then emory jones uh expected to, to miss a few more weeks uh potentially the georgia game is when we're hearing that he might be back uh in full rotation for the gators In other news, the Gators have signed on to play Virginia in basketball. This is a basketball break. Uh, They're going to play Virginia on November 27th uh, of this year up in uh, the the Mohegan sun uh, up in uh, Connecticut on November 27th. Uh, Virginia is a preseason top five team. Florida is a top probably 25 ish team. Uh, It'll be the first time that they've ever played in the regular season. Uh, So, Shout out to the Florida Gators basketball team. All right, boys, big weekend in recruiting, huge news. So before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether if you experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection as we end the hurricane season, uh, shout out to everybody in the panhandle, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana area. Uh, that looks like they have another hurricane coming their way. Um, prayers up to you guys. Uh, but if you still want them to take a look at your roof all over the state of Florida, give roof soldier a call one eight seven seven roofs FL or visit their website, roofsoldier.com. soldier.com again, one eight seven seven roofs, FL roof soldier. All right, boys, big news. That came out strangely during the middle of the game, uh, as it was confirmed, that former five-star running back from Lakeland, Florida, Demarcus Bowman, has announced that he will be leaving the Clemson Tigers and transferring uh, to the University of Florida after the fall semester. Boys, I don't know what it is. We can't seem to get a... uh, a recruit, a running back recruit to commit to Florida. But uh, for the second straight year, Florida lands a, a former five-star in their backfield.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, the – shout-out to Mark. We'll get, I'll get into the other take. Shout-out, we got uh, probably the best running back in the country uh, to come out of high school last year, in my opinion. I had him number one on my board, uh, 247, and the composite had him number three overall, uh, number 20 overall with any position. Um, wow. Wow probably our highest-rated running back commit in forever, if not the highest. I don't know if we had a guy ranked higher than him in, on the recruiting trail ever. But um, a tremendous get. When a guy that gets north and south, gets busy. I ain't got to talk a whole lot about it and hype it up. Everybody know what it is, man. He was on Cle- Clemson campus a couple months and decided he needed to get back home, man. So shout out to Demarcus Bowman for making that de- that decision and Come on back to the crib.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Demarcus Bowman comes back to, uh, to Florida, uh, comes back to Gainesville. Uh- with all intense purposes to be Florida's bell cow running back uh, next season, potentially the season after, uh, just an incredible talent, uh, incredible vision, good speed, good size. Uh, Dabo Sweeney this offseason had compared him to C.J. Spiller. So when it comes to overall running back recruits, you can't get much better than Demarcus Bowman. And I don't think Florida has ever, like you said, Silk or at least in the you know last 15 years, landed a running back like him. He's a game changer. Um, you know, Florida's backfield is immediately enhanced, and Florida became a significantly better football team uh Absolutely. with the addition of him on uh Saturday. Uh so shout out to uh to Polk County there, Ahmad. You already know, Dan. You know. I do know, I do know. Um I don't know. Give me more, Black.
1: You know what I'm saying? There's your <laughs> people just around the crib, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. So so this guy is definitely one of the guys that you know he, he he's definitely in a conversation about. Who was the best runner back to come through Lakeland? You know? it, it all depends on what era. It's like a, that's like a, hey, so that's like a, a, a who the best like Jordan or LeBron type talking Lakeland. You know, right. it's, it's a couple guys that came through. This just like, like amazing. <clears throat> like he's, he's one of them. He won Mr. Uh, well, he won Gatorade Player of the Year, um, his senior year. Uh, but this guy's been doing this for a few years. You know, you know even before he he won the Gatorade Player of the Year, he won a uh, state championship. I Think his junior year. Um, we could have won it, you know, the sophomore year as well. Um, you know, but this is a guy that we definitely can 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 use on our team who can elevate our play um and, and, and can really uh make some big plays for us in the backfield.
0: I you- shout, out, shout out to all the fans that kept just asking about Bowman until like I mean last week they was asking about him. Like it was just some fans that never gave up this whole <laughs> thing. You know,
1: right. right. So I mean I, I appreciate y'all y'all because y'all probably the ones who read them in, probably. I don't know. <laughs> this is the most <laughs>
2: You know, we've always talked about tweeting gator emojis. It you know, worked to, to recruits. This, I think, this time it worked. This kind of work, You know, Florida was close to landing Demarcus Bowman uh back in the uh, in the winter when he signed with Clemson. And ultimately he decided to to go to Clemson to play closer to his grandfather, uh, who has since passed away, unfortunately, who was in Atlanta, I believe. Uh, but Florida was very much in the mix for Demarcus Bowman. You know, Clemson was also the number one team uh in the country, uh consistently in the national title picture. So you can't fault a guy for wanting to go there regardless. But landing a guy like Demarcus Bowman, uh continuing that pipeline to Lakeland and then bringing in an unbelievably talented kid uh, just, you know, continues to prove that Dan Mullen, you know, that you don't. So you talked a lot about it on this show. You talked a lot about it on the big three roll-up is that you you don't just recruit, you know, these guys to have a a one-time, you know, paper that they sign, but you, you recruit and you build those relationships. And if they ever are looking to transfer, you know, that you don't spite them or you don't, you know, create any ill will that it opens the door for them to come back.
0: Right. It's a relationship because I mean, it's a different game now. Yep. And that's we see, Uh, you got your Trayvon Grimes, your Green, your Grenards. Your, now you got your, your Bowman. You, we could go on and on about the transfers and the relationships, even where Stuart Reese come from, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. They had to have a good relationship there, man. So shout out to Dan Mullen and his staff for finding talent. I don't care how it gets here. And, and I think um, we're a little bit too hard on Greg Knox. It's just a lot of stuff I'm hearing behind the scene, man. A lot of these guys, Knox will have on the hook, and then they just won't be takes for the guy up top. Um, so a lot of these whiffs that we think we got is just like uh, we didn't want that guy at the time. But um, I think that's the case with the kid, this kid, Jalen White, since we're already on that tip. I think that's yep. a guy that knocks one, um, a four star running back out of uh, Alabama. And he was supposed to decide, I think, today and they got in and, and up getting put back. But I think that guy was going to choose us from what, from what I know behind the scenes. Yep. But that's a guy we had to tell that he wasn't a tape because we got Bowman. So, um, I think a lot of things people just don't know, man. So, as long as the talent keep getting in here, we got five star running backs back to back through the portal. Um, the talent's coming in, whether it's through the front door, or the back door, it's getting in here.
2: I'm here for it. I'm here for it. A shout out to quarterback number two in the uh, recruiting class this year, Jalen Kitna, who was able to lead his team to his father. Former NFL great John Kitna, not NFL great, NFL player John, uh, John Kitna. Uh, he had four touchdowns in his team opener for 290 yards. Uh, three touchdowns, including one in double overtime to win the game. You know, hearing a lot of good things about Jalen Kittany, you know, he was kind of a, a surprise when, you know, he committed to Florida a name that kind of came out of nowhere. But for, uh, for everything that I've heard from this off season and, and what he's doing on the field, uh, it seems like Florida may have gotten a good one. That's going to be a program guy that might stick around for a while. And, and who knows if he maybe becomes a guy like a, a Kyle Trask or something like that in the
1: future. Right.
0: He can't write these guys off no more, especially with the pedigree that he has. Um, the work ethics is, is probably there. And Dan Mullen is the quarterback whisperer. So,
2: yeah. And with Jalen Kitna playing, um, Carlos Del Rio, who we've talked about on this show, is ineligible to play this year due to a transfer. Uh, so, this is the guy that, that Florida is going to want to watch. And, and who knows you know, when they come in and they're able to develop if if he not, might not be a guy that, you know, is able to succeed uh, in Dan Mullen's system. You know, Dan Mullen obviously is a guy that. Probably likes a guy like a Carlos Del Rio and Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones more, but it showed with a guy like Kyle Trask, who's not necessarily very mobile. You know, a guy like Jalen Kittle to come in and, and run the offense a little bit differently. Uh, you know, Florida's going to have options. So,
0: competition, options, and you need program guys. You need you need guys that's going to be around. Um, he could be a, a, a just a guy that hangs around. Be we we lose a starter and he come in and just fill in, kind of like Kyle Trask did. Um, the only other. Notable thing in recruiting, uh, Destin Hill, yep. who, who was Destin, um, Pazan before changed his last name, oh. uh, four star wide receiver out of uh, New Orleans at Carr. We're we're into that recruiting now. Um, he was a guy that, that had Bama and Florida State kind of leading before. I mean, a guy that's considering Florida State and he's that elite, we need to be recruiting him, right.
2: Absolutely. He's an incredible player. Watch his film uh, today when I read about it, uh, that, that he was uh, trending, you know, a little bit for Florida. not saying that Florida's going to get him, but a really speedy guy, blazing fast 40. Uh was confused by the name at first, but uh, obviously when you see the uh, the name Destin the way that it is, um, you know, just an incredible guy. That's a that's a guy that you want as a program changing guys.
0: Absolutely. And if he's interested in Florida State, I know we got something to sell him.
2: Yeah, absolutely uh in other recruiting news 2022 uh athlete uh sam mccall uh, is going to commit in october 28th he announced today uh that he is going to announce right now i, I think all signs point to to florida he's the number 36 overall player on uh, the class of 2022 and the number five athlete overall so uh he'd be a great uh, great addition to that class 2022 uh class as well absolutely all right, boys, let's get into the last game, which is sponsored by our friends over at, uh, with Lee Friedland at the law firm of Friedland & Associates who truly does care about the people. He handles auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit his website, yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, call him 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. Dot com. Let's go over a few notable stats from this game uh, for the second straight week. Florida played the same five offensive linemen for every snap in the game. So that's the second game in a row uh, that they've done that uh, Kyle Trask, was 6 of 10 for passes in the air beyond 10 yards for 106 uh, yards passing, uh, but was 15 of 19 for 162 yards uh, for passes that were 10 yards or less, including the uh, Kadarius Tony 51-yard touchdown where he, he bounced around like a, a pinball out there. Uh, Florida struggled on, on in the run game, not struggling in terms of yards or production, but just couldn't seem to, to get it all together in terms of a balanced game plan. I don't know if they were trying to – Get Kyle Trask some stats. I don't know what they were doing, but but Florida seemed to run well uh, when they did run the ball. But but I think the leading rusher, Damien Pierce, only had nine rushes, including five on the first drive and only four for the rest of the game. So interesting there. Uh, with that being said, Florida only played fifty three snaps the entire game, uh, which was about fourteen below uh, the average number of stats that or uh, average number of plays that Florida gets in a game. Um, we want to
0: talk about the time management in that fourth quarter right now. Let
2: me finish. I just got like two more stats. Kyle Pitts tied Aaron Hernandez for most touchdowns, uh, by a tight end in Gator history. And then outside of that, I think that that's, that's kind of it. Um, you know, Florida, uh, was able to, I think
0: Tony had his career high receiving yards. he,
2: He had 86 yards receiving caught all four passes. Um, and then he's on pace on pace for 725 yards. Um, he only had 606 in his first three years. So a uh, shout out to get Tony, but I think he had one of his better games uh, overall as well. I agree. But, but go ahead. So talk, talk a little bit about time management. I think we can talk about time management and play calling in the entire second half, but, but, but go on. What are your thoughts on the game?
0: I mean, play calling wise, I didn't. I didn't like the the, the trash run. Um, any run with trash right now. If we're not, if we're gonna run the ball, let's hand it to a back. No, like, I don't care
1: if, we, if they blow the play up. Just hand it off, bro. Just,
0: just hand. Let's hand the ball to a back right now for several reasons. I don't want Kyle to get hurt. One and two, he's not good at it. <laughs> Even the one he broke, yeah. I was just like, man, he's like just a, a a big tall target, and it don't look like like. Let's just throw the ball or hand it to a back. That's my opinion, but. I'm not terribly mad at it, but I do not like it. Second of all, um, speaking of running the ball, let's run the ball in the fourth quarter. We went in the fourth quarter up 21 points and then threw the ball three times and went three and out. I mean, some of the rules of football are still the same rules, right?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't like, and Amada, I want to hear your thoughts. I didn't understand the Trask running. None of it made sense. Uh, and the way he held the ball, uh, that's how you take a helmet to the hand, right? And, um, you know, right. obviously he fumbled the ball, but that's how you get injured. That's how you have a broken hand. And with Emory Jones out, I thought it was interesting that they chose to run the ball. I know the second one was looked a little bit more of a designed uh, play or maybe a broken down play where he was able to, to make that call. But um, I hated that, that quarterback sneak, uh, nothing worked on it at all. Um, and you only risk getting injured. You have three, potentially four, I guess, if you add Lorenzo Lingard and then, if you want to add any of the other wide receivers that like you could give an end around or whatever, uh, there's no reason why Kyle Trask should be running the ball on any designed run. You're not fooling <laughs> anybody. He's not going to outrun you. Yeah. He's not going to. He's not going to run over you. Um, it, it just doesn't work. If I'm if I'm the defense and
1: they even attempt a zone read or anything like that, I don't care. I am crashing the running back because who cares if Kyle Trask runs the ball? I think That's Ryan. what I said as a defense. So I wouldn't even do that because it ain't fooling nobody like Dan said.
0: According to Spence, Brian Johnson did say that the handoff—uh, it was supposed to be a handoff—but trash fumbled it or something. I didn't see a fumble, but I have to rewatch that play.
2: Yeah,
0: then but, that makes more sense.
2: That does make sense. In which case, I still stand by my claim that he should never run the ball. But I take a little <laughs> bit of um, But you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, going back to just play calling as a whole, I, I'm I'm very very surprised that they didn't run the ball more uh i'm surprised that they didn't try to eat up more clock again you know that the second half play calling just just i didn't see a lot i, I didn't see a lot to
0: i to think we just need to eat up clock and, and just when you got a struggling defense that's that's kind of scrambling trying to get the you know the sea legs under them a little bit uh run the ball keep the offense off the field let those guys get some rest um and just get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like we could I, I we, could, we our, could
1: control the clock. We could possess the ball. We was the better team. We could have did whatever we wanted to do on that team. i, go I ahead, Amon. So, man, some of, some of our best games when we close the game out has been on end of the game long breaking runs. Like mm-hmm. right. We, like, we a pop one if you just give us the opportunity, you yeah, know what I'm saying? You got to hand it off. Hey, grind it out, man. You got to understand when you when when you run the ball successfully and you, and you grinding that defense out in the fourth quarter. It demoralize
0: the team. It demoralizes yeah, the it team, bro. Up to
1: you you only want to do something different, up tackle or nothing. You just want to just get out of that game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, say- bruising- yeah, we got bruising backs, man. You know, you got the Damian Pierce, and he get on the edge with with a corner in the fourth quarter. They ain't really trying to be interested in tackling him. Right.
2: Well, Damian Pierce averaged five point eight three yards per carry. Malik Davis is a five point two seven, right? So like you have guys that are gonna extend the play, they're gonna likely get first downs. I just I didn't understand, and I don't know if it was to pad, like I said, Kyle Trask's stats and you know, because that's kind of how the Heisman trophy race gets. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I want us to win the football game first and make sure that we put the game, you know, out of possession and then then worry about the Heiser Trophy after that, right? I think you um,
0: still could have, like, me and Ahmad talked about this on the phone. I still think, because I still want, me personally, I wanted them to pad Cal stats. Mm-hmm. But I also want you to feed my running backs. You know what I'm saying? so. It's, it's, it's still, because running the ball is a mentality. You can't just turn that on and turn it off. It's something you got to always work on. So, if we're up 21 points, let's work on this, bro. Let's work on just leaning on people and putting teams away. That's the reason reasons I really want it, but – if the way Cow was in command, as long as we can, we can run it two downs. And if it's, I don't care if it's third and eight, he was getting that. You know what I'm saying? Let's just run the clock. He's gonna pick that up, bro.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that I think that you're right. You know, Florida has struggled uh in the run game for the last gosh, number of uh number of games. Uh where did I find wh- what was it? Um that Florida has rushed for under a hundred yards in four of their last seven games. You know, this is an opportunity against, especially, you know, a decent defense, at least a good play caller and Will Muschamp and, and T-Rob back there to be able to get these guys not only some burn, but some more action, the ability to improve, you know, Naquan Wright is still young in his career would have liked to see him get some, you know, more touches, you know, definitely Damian Pierce. I think that he's earned them. Um, I think that Malik Davis has earned them. I think that our, our running backs are a weapon and I'm not sure if they're just trying to hold on to that weapon until they play a game where they can really exploit it. Um, but like you guys said, it extends plays. It, it opens up opportunities for Kyle Trask. The, the second half just was, was a little bit bizarre in my opinion yeah but oh, not to bro, say,
0: we, we see what we got out of our offense like we oh, go, yeah we could go boat race with people you know what I'm saying like yeah. I'm not concerned about my offense really yeah. much at all bro on some of the the play calling I don't agree with but I ain't got no gripes with the offense bro that shit is oh,
2: absolutely not yeah yeah I'm not I think you're exactly right, and I mean you're you're talking about uh, poor clock management. Now, you weren't talking about poor clock management, but just in general. I mean, at least we're not coached by Will Muschamp, who you know had the ball down 14 with what eight minutes and 30 seconds, and went on a seven and a half minute drive to try to score one touchdown. I mean, just just bizarre. Glad he's I mean, not to go anymore.
0: that's <laughs> what that, that was an annoying drive, but it did what it was supposed to do. Like we gave up yards that drive, and people were complaining and worrying about spreads and all that. But that drive was prevent defense and make them get the little eight nine seven yards and just drain out the clock like they did so and they end up not scoring that drive so
2: <laughs> it's wild um all right boys let's go over a, a little bit of your superlatives um from the game do you have any other offensive concerns um besides what we just talked about a little bit on the play calling um Corey, you mentioned it uh, i think june delance played a little bit better uh Stuart reese struggled a little bit in, in my opinion um right. but i think i think um, you know, I think Forsythe, uh, Garage, and Head- um, uh, Hagee played well. I think adding Ethan White back in a couple weeks is going to be good for that offensive line. Pardon me, uh, but still struggling on that right side of the ball. But outside of that, I think floor is humming. And uh, you know, shout out to Gutierrez, Tony, and, and Kyle Pitts, who again, uh, you know, carried the the team on the offensive side of the ball, and Kyle Trask, obviously.
0: Yeah, I just see so many weapons, man, like just everywhere. I'm not concerned about the offense. Everything's not perfect. We got things to work on. Like I said, the run game, I want to see us just get that mentality of bullying people. Um, so I just want us to work on stuff like that and just get a little bit more balance. But overall, I just know offensively we're ready to, to, to go score with people every week.
2: Are you guys surprised that Florida hasn't rotated an offensive lineman at all?
1: No, nah, we need to cut uh,
3: Okay.
2: I,
1: I'm not. I'm not surprised, man. Because okay. for the fact that man, I think we need to get the guys in there that's gonna play, get them some reps, and, and 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 let's move forward as a unit. Um, you know, bringing dudes in and out, man. You gotta understand what that do to guys. You you sitting on the sideline, and then you run in and play, and then you come out, and then you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, yeah. It's a no. little bit weird. So I I kind I kind of like the idea of, of sitting, the same guys out there. This, this is our ones, and we sticking with it.
2: Yeah, especially with no chance to play like a uh you know, a southwest, northwest right. state, you know, or or yeah, you know some yeah, of these yeah. opening games, you know, you're gonna go right well, yeah, into also,
1: you know, we didn't we didn't have too much time in the offseason to to right. try to rotate to see what what's the best option or the best group of guys. You see what I'm saying? So if we get one that's kind of like having a little bit of success, you know, success with. Might well just keep it
0: and run with it, man, and just get those yep. guys better. Hey, let's move on from offense. I get to let's get to the real <laughs> <laughs> shit.
2: Yeah, let's get let's get to defense. Uh, you know, Florida doesn't again look great on defense. Has eleven missed tackles. Um, Marco Wilson uh, struggled quite a bit. Um, third down gave up a couple long third downs. Um, let's talk a little bit about any positive uh, takeaways before we get to some of the negatives.
0: Uh, my positive. Excuse me, yawning. Uh, my positive is Ventura Miller. Uh, I think right now Ventura Miller is playing the best on our defense from week to week. Um, just from play to play, what he brings to the table. So, the positive I'm gonna say is Ventura Miller right now for me and Sean Davis. I like, I think Sean Davis has gotten a lot better in, in, in that poor yeah, I, secondary.
1: I, I, I like the way um, those guys, those two guys are actually playing. Um, Cox, has got a Got a little things to fix with Cox, but I like his energy. I like how he come up the ball. Right, and right, Zach, right. Zach Carter, we we mentioned Zach Carter had a sack earlier. Um, I I don't know if you guys saw it. He literally put picked the lineman up and pushed him into the quarterback. Right, yeah. right. He bullied him. Yeah, he straight bullied him. So um, there's some guys out there that's that's playing really really hard. But you know you know. We gotta make we gotta make plays when 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 the time comes. Um, and that's the thing field. you
0: just said it right there. We're not making plays. We're not making like, plays out Whether it's long. turnovers, whether it's like we should, I think we should have more sacks. Yep. I, I think right now we're yeah. just not making plays. It seems like these guys are thinking a whole lot, right? Um, look like they're a little confused and not just flying around. But I think that's the key word, amon Just
1: well, well, here's the thing, dog. There's a few times that I seen me personally is. We're not even getting lined up. How the heck are we gonna stop somebody from getting lined up? Right right that's before that's they hit the ball. We got dudes looking at the dude next to them and they're looking, you know, like they're confused. We gotta we gotta understand what's going on down in the distance. We need to come out with authority. We're gonna call a play, call a play. You know. I am i am I... decisiveness, we we don't need none of that.
2: I, w- I want to talk a little bit about that. you know, we talked you know before the season started and, and soak your thoughts too, because um, you guys both played on defense. Um, we talked a lot about David Reese, you know graduating uh, in Florida missing that quarterback of the of the defense. Do you think that that's showing its light? Um, do you think that that's something that Florida's missing? Do you think it's just a, a lack yeah, of practice? So that, that, that that could
1: be it, it could be a plethora of a, a lot of things actually Dan. That could be, there you go. like like you said a, a, a lack of practice. Um, a lack of, of of meet of uh meeting times, remember because due to COVID it it was no real meetings. Yeah. Uh you can have Zoom meetings, but you know, it's not like getting in the in, in the film room together and breaking some film down and whatnot. Um and also man, we got you know we got somebody in there that that's somewhat somewhat new to being probably the alpha and, and Ventura Miller. We had you know we had David Reese last year and, and you know, but man, all that is just a bunch of change. I'm
0: gonna keep it yeah. I'm gonna keep it a boat with you man. Um just from a standpoint of just people that want to smack people, we got a few people on our defense that just don't want to smack, that,
1: people. they're just yeah. not interested in doing it. They're just not interested in making a in tackle. It. Is, is you got to be interested in making a tackle, Dan. And I just feel like at, at some point in time, some of the guys aren't interested. And Dan, guess what? You can't turn that shit on and turn it off. That's something All right. that you got to
2: mentality, on. right? Yeah I, bro, mean, yeah, I
0: mean, you got to you got a lot starting linebacker. That has five tackles on solo tackles on the season.
2: Yeah, I think let me let me just double check because I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, two of Florida's leading tacklers are defensive backs. Three of their top five. That's not who you want leading your team in tackles.
0: I mean, if it's a really good safety like this, is like like in yeah, the box, but, yeah. But
2: still, you you want your linebackers to be Correct. having an overwhelming amount. You want your 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 those outside defensive ends, you know, that Florida plays that bug position to have them. You and know, it's one way- thing
0: it's one thing in um, you know, just maybe realignments, all that. I get it, trying to figure out and learn the defense. That's that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing linebackers get caught up in the wash, can't get off of yep. fullback blocks. Um, they just don't look physical enough, and, and I'm gonna oh, take you 50, saying, 40, 41 so, and 51 with the shits. 41 to yeah. 51, both of them it. with the shits.
1: Oh, yeah. Listen, man, it's, it should be no way a wire receiver, man. If somebody can find a film where some a wireless receiver block me, I want y'all to send it to me, tweet it to me, because that <laughs> shit, that shit should never happen, bro. Right. They will stop blocking you. They're running to you and putting their feet in the ground, both of their feet, and, and, and you running full speed at them. There's yeah, no way but, in hell, bro, I'm gonna blast them, bro. Right. You should blast them, get them off of you and go mm-hmm. make the play. There's no reason why we should be fighting with wide receivers out on the edge. Yeah.
2: Just, you know, I don't understand for for those that that don't know and and we we've talked about naming names on here and this again isn't personal but you know with amari bernie you know he uh, on one of the touchdowns I, I think it was earlier in the game you know he drastically over pursued took a terrible angle uh and was left you know caught with his you know hands in the cookie jar if you will um you know struggling. every
0: touchdown that happened while he was on the field. He was out of position, blocked, but just washed out of the play, like every yeah. single time.
2: Which, which makes me, which makes me wonder if I, I, think he's playing out of position. I don't, I don't think that he's the, the right person Man, for where that. We, where
1: are we gonna put him at?
2: Well, no, I, I, I don't know. This is what I'm getting at. I don't, <laughs> don't know, know at, why at, Florida I, hasn't I, seen. I, I talking to
1: Silk about this. How, where, 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 all right, so he can't play linebacker. So where are we gonna put him at? I don't he, know. He just let a up, running back run a Texas route, and he was spinning around.
2: Ahmad, it's not my job to put a player on the field. It's my job to make sure the best players on the field. It's not even that my. That's not my job, but that's what I get to opine about, right? Yeah, I got you. I got uh, you. I, I'm i wondering where uh, a, a Tyron Hopper is. I'm wondering where some of these other, you know, athletic, you know, linebackers that, that Florida has. Why they haven't seen the field? Now there could be reasons that that haven't been. You know, I mean, we're seeing about. some
0: good ones though. Like we asked about Hopper, right? You're asking what about Hopper? Mm-hmm. We're seeing Houston play better than 30, right? Yep. Like it's like there's no no questions to be asked. No, we are watching the game. Like, Houston got film, bro. This man done played pretty football for us. Man, he, he's he been done done blowing done stuff, done stuff up, up bro. He's gonna blow plays. He's gonna at least be aggressive. He's not get caught up in the watch. He's gonna fight off blockers. I don't know. I don't see the want to right. from, from Amari Bernie at linebacker. And you can't just make somebody a linebacker. It's a mentality. You yeah, you can't just
1: make them put their face on somebody. It's not happening. No, yeah, I mean that's it, that's it, a it was, that's
2: a different type of mentality, and I'm not taking anything yeah, away from YouTube great real. defensive backs, but it's just a very you know different type of mentality that you have out there um, as well. So I definitely, I mean, that's the one area, in my opinion, that if that area gets better, the whole defense gets better.
0: Because right? I saw this is a difference I seen right, just watching the game again. I'm watching the game right before I got back on here, bro. When holes are opening up, when when like running running lanes that open up, Amari's not finding them at all, like at all. Like, he's not even near the hole. Like, I've seen Houston hit the hole and maybe miss, get there a little too late. But nine times out of ten, he's finding the hole. Right. Uh, Bernie's not even finding the hole, man. Like, mm-hmm. Lyman are getting downfield on him, and he's kind of, like, in no man's land. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a little confused with a lot of things, man, as far as that position. I think 41 and 51 have showed us the best looks. Yeah. I don't even mind Diabate there. I like Diabate more on the edge, too. I think he could cause more havoc there. Yeah, but I don't mind Diabate there more because he's at least gr- aggressive.
2: I'll be honest with you. I think Florida has too many players at that buck position. Um, but, um, right. but yeah, uh, I would agree. I would agree with you there. Want to move on to safety real quick again. You know, some questions of concern there. Give a shout out to your your uh, your cousin there, uh, Amon. I thought Trey Dean played really really well uh, in the game yesterday or on the game on Saturday. Uh, but again, Donovan Steiner, uh, you know, gets you know a majority of the uh, of the burn back there. Rashard Torrance. Uh, played a bit Sean Davis I think played real well uh, in the game as well but uh, with Brad Stewart coming back I know he's uh, slated to potentially back up uh, Marco Wilson in that star role I would imagine that they'll have him you know playing some safety but uh, again a position where where Florida was caught uh, with with their hands in the cookie jar a bit and, and-
0: Dean got to come with some some more than just some shoulder pad too yeah, we, um, okay we got, yeah
1: we're we, we, we coming up with bad intentions but shit we ain't wrapping up so you right, understand this, this 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 league right here we play in. Um, you hey, got to wrap up because guess what? The dude running the ball running with bad intentions too. So
0: yeah, he in the weight room too.
1: Yeah, he in the, he yeah. In the, he yeah. In the yeah yeah. He's
2: got a job there too, right? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Got yeah. And, he got yeah.
0: dreams. he got and all that. Just like he wants yeah. to
2: fly. Yeah, he want
1: to retire mom. Yeah, he wants the IG model. Yeah. He wants to do all the same things you want. Yeah, he want to retire mom. So he, you know, um, you know, you know, you got to come up and wrap up, but. Um, like I say, man, you know, be it, coming from that safety spot, you—it's you, called safety for a reason, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're supposed to get us to the next down, and that's the whole goal of of, of playing safety is is, is making a saving tackle to get us to play the next down. Because who knows? Maybe they, they fumble the ball, or you know, what I'm saying I'm whatever, can whatever the case may be. The the, the the greatest gift of
0: a great safety is instincts, and they can't measure that. I don't care how fast you. And that's what it didn't matter that my ran a six five forty. He had great <laughs> instincts. Like, Ahmad had great football instincts. Right. And of like, him leveling up, either from going to high school, you watch his film, you watch him in college. He had great instincts. He was around the ball he made plays. You can't coach that. You can't teach that. Great safeties have it. And, you know, I don't care what your 40 is and with how much you bench and how strong you are, like your football awareness, you know what I'm saying, yeah. how to wrap up, where the ball is going to be. Right now, like, we're not around the ball. We're not creating turnovers and havoc on defense. And, mm-hmm. and I was expecting them to be able an elite defense this year. So I'm just yeah. throwing aback.
2: back. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I you know have known about great safeties and a mod, I'm going to pump your tires here a little bit is you, if you watch a mod or you watch some of these great safeties, you watch the way that they position themselves so that you don't have to be the fastest guy on the field. But if you're able to make that right. right position, because you know where the play is going to go, because you can, you can think it out. Uh, that's what makes great safeties. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that there's some improvement there, but but right now I'm not I'm not. You gotta seeing see that. that
0: feel, like yeah. my like I do You got you just gotta see that feel different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get, I don't
1: know. I just I wasn't the fastest dude, man. But I just, it was just some, some a lot of the times on what I what I talk about all the times. You know, even when I watch the, the game with you guys, it, you know, for everybody listening, if you ever watch the game with me, I like to talk about like the the, the plays and stuff before they happen. So I'm a little bit annoying, but. Um, I, you, know, I just, you know, I just, I can see the, I can see what what's about to happen. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and we, you know, when you got two receivers on both sides, you got a, twins on both sides. You know, I'm thinking in my head before the ball's <laughs> now. But well, what happens if we go to three by one? Or, or who's my first threat? Or, or, you know, what could possibly happen out of this? You know, and, and who can hit the seams the, the quickest? Those are the things that you got to understand. You know, before the play happens, you can't do that on the fly. Yeah, you know, That's just too much going on for you to do that on the fly. So, um, yeah, so you yeah, know, yeah. the quicker that you understand your role, the quicker that you understand what what your what your which your job is on that play, the faster you play.
0: And nothing personal. This is never yeah. nothing personal. It's just straight up criticism. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't think Donovan Steiner, Steiner is 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 it. You know, like I think at this point in his career, it's just nothing personal. Right. But each week, like we gotta see some plays being made from the safety position. And I'm getting right. to that point with, with like the whole safety. That's I, I want to go to a, a younger movement at safety because we have just seen the same safety play a solid Sean Davis and then whoever beside him is kind of kind of iffy and we can't trust him.
2: Yeah. I think we got a and little that's bit funny. of if,
0: if Sean Davis go out another game, bro. Like we barbecue chicken.
2: We are. Yeah, especially you get some uh, some better passing offenses than uh than Colin Hill and and uh Will Muschamp's offense and you know, I Trevis uh Travez Johnson got a little bit of a uh, play back there. Right. Uh, you're starting to see some more Rashard Torrance uh, in the game as well. Um, but like you said, Silk, if we're if we're not seeing improvement by, uh, you know, folks that are in there, what seemingly should be their final year uh, in the program, I, I know that they can play next year as well. Um, if we're seeing those those same mistakes, that it might be an opportunity to move on. And, you know, we say all of this as, you know, observations. No reason to, to block us on Twitter uh, over those observations either. Amai, um, what, do you, what are
0: you seeing from um, – I want to talk about I – w- I do want to talk about the positive from the secondary with the young guys. I like what I seen out of Kim, bro. He lined up yeah. outside. I like I Jaden
2: Hill.
0: I like Jaden Hill too yeah, that yeah. He was making plays was- instincts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely we definitely make some plays. So I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like we're beating up the secondary because we definitely are making plays back there. We definitely are um uh you know make, make some like, we, we making
0: some positives, making some terrible. We get that like, we got yeah, two turnovers yeah. at the 50, so they those end up being it, points. It's, as just, well.
1: it's just the timing of thing, so you know. When it's time to make a play, we got to get out the field, you know. We make plays on first and second down, okay, whatever, you know, that, that's cool. But then on third down, that's when we got to make the play to get out the field, not, you know.
0: It's just that we look out of position and stuff like that, and it's like a veteran right, group. Right. Um, But I thought, like I said, I thought Chester Kimbrough looked real good when he lined up outside. He defended the slant. I think the slant we've been getting hit across the middle pretty heavy in these first two games. I like the way he defended that. Him and Jaden Hill are smaller guys uh, than what we, we used to. But they got good football instincts, man. I like the way Jaden Hill is just around the ball. And he's with the shits. No matter his size or how big he is, he's with the shits.
2: Yeah, no, but- I thought Jaden Hill uh, was probably, in my opinion, um, the best that Florida had on, um, on Saturday in terms of just overall – uh, I like Sean Davis too. Yeah. I like Sean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was talking about just at cornerback. At no, I thought Sean oh, Davis okay. was probably your best overall secondary player. And I thought Jaden Hill was uh, the second best, probably followed by Kyrie Elam. I do want to talk about this and um, some some concern uh, about number three on, on my end Uh let up uh, he had uh, seven attempts thrown his way let up five uh, of those completions none of them were were huge gainers or anything else but um marco wilson i think struggled with some physicality uh he had a play where uh, one of the wide receivers caught the ball at the the same time kind of he was going after it they they were kind of fighting over it in the air and then uh the wide receiver from south carolina you know ended up with the ball and it just seemed like marco just kind of gave up after he lost possession or the, the chance uh, to to see that so i'm not seeing the same marco Wilson that I thought
0: that I would see this year. Yeah, I agree. Like right now, um, last year was knocking off some rust. Yeah, he is just not looking like like he's in position. Uh he's playing star right now. I don't know if there's a readjustment or him trying to learn a position. Bro, we just look confused, you know. Um same thing with him. Like, I just gotta see these guys want to get their nose into some shit, you know. Um, it's a big year for him, it's a money year. But it, it's the second game, dog. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm with you on that one too, Dan. You gotta, you gotta play a lot better. Yep. I'm pretty sure his dad was having the same that he, he has to play better.
2: Absolutely. Any more thoughts on on uh, defense? I, I do want to give a shout out. I thought Andrew Tratfield uh, played well. Uh, I Hell think yeah. He needs more snaps. He does. Yeah. He absolutely does. He needs
0: does. more. Sta- I think Jaden Hill snaps should be around what Kyir snaps at around 76. Right now, he's playing just as good, if not better than than, than Kyir. That's just the facts so mm-hmm. i think these guys that are playing well and they're showing up on film like why are they on the sidelines play them i don't care if guys are older and they got to go to the nfl
2: They play these
0: young boys man they're they looking better when they out there yeah so um same thing with chaffee i think chaffee needs more snaps than than moon right now until i'm showing otherwise like let's get our best pass rushes on the field
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And I think Terrell Slayton's doing a a good job as well. I want to give him a shout-out. Let's go over before we move on to Texas A&M. Any any final thoughts on the game before we get into kind of our offensive, our our players of the game?
0: No, I thought thought we had a a good football game. I think we dominated. I think the the score was closer than what it really was. it really was. Yeah, Yeah, we dominated that team. Yeah.
2: Right, we were way much better football team there, but good, uh, good go win, man. I never once thought that Florida wasn't going to win that football game. Right. All right, Ahmad. Let's go to you. Uh, maybe do an offensive player of the game, and then a defensive player of the game. Um,
1: offensively, uh. I mean, you, you you know, you know, the quarterback. That's that's the easy one. Chaz <laughs> went out there and uh, kind of did what he what he what he's been doing and what we know he can do, and um, spreading the ball around, getting us getting us lined up, and um, you know, being just basically the field general for us that we know he could be um, getting out there and throwing some some putting some passes on the money and whatnot. Um, I still think he should get the ball out a little bit faster at times. Um, out of his hands, but all in all, um, he he played great for us. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Please.
0: Hey man, Kadarius Tony did that little put that boy in the blender on that little slant and then took it to the crib. That boy <laughs> different this year. You hear me?
2: Yeah. Now, I'm yeah, you hear I, me. I I agree. Uh, you know, shout out to Kyle Pitts for his two touchdowns. Uh, but um, Kadarius Tony's playing like a guy that I, I didn't think, right? I mean, that I'm felt that, that
0: felt good, bro. Be it, did. Honest with you. it felt good, I, it felt different. He, it felt like he should be wearing number one.
2: You know what? Yeah. I, I I think that he's Florida's and you guys can, can tell me I'm wrong. Probably first true home run threat in, in quite some time. You know, guy that you get um, the long. Callaway, Callaway was one. Yeah, Callaway is the, probably the last one that I can think of. It's just weird,
1: though, because I feel like
2: I'm not comparing him to Percy Harvin. I'm not comparing nah, to Chris
1: like, Rainey. if he had, if he had a just a hey, if he had just a little, like a spl- like a splash, maybe just a, like a, just a little ounce, a little bit more, more. Uh, when he get him out of there but that boy be super dang he already dangerous i think he he's yeah dangerous. i think he just over
0: he over exaggerates his cuts bro i think once he clean up with like some of the theatrics around what he's doing because i think get i better. think
1: i think he go sneaking running, running four run a five or something i think four no that boy running four four better i promise yeah? you yeah okay bro. okay yes sir okay. yes sir okay that boy okay. different different <laughs> i'm telling you he's gonna go run a four four better Bro, I just can't get out my mind, bro, when he tried to do it from behind, bro, and he was blowed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're a
1: fool. Every time I see that play, bro, I think about that, because he was blowed, bro. He's, he was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, Tony yeah. Tony,
0: Tony, drove me nuts last year, all that sideways stuff. man. I'm happy no, to see but, that. He but, but into a, a man, he's going over the right? South
1: now, and, it's, and it's, it's like it's a whole new player. He like He's yeah. really, really, really dangerous now, so. Because, I uh, he probably could have broke that touchdown if he ain't doing one of them crazy jukes. <laughs> Sometimes he just—I
0: hope he don't hurt himself. Maybe he he's slamming on no, he just hard.
1: <laughs> him bro. It's just like, he, like when, he, when when it's like when people hit him hard, it looked like he like he actually like putting up the contact. Like I don't understand. I, it's hard to explain, bro. But it's just like it's hard I'm to bring it down. I'm just
0: glad um, Tony ain't go to that concert after the Orange Bowl last year. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I love Let's it, get into the. Uh, oh, oh, what about defense. About defense. Oh, you go. You, did you do
2: your offensive guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I Stony. Kadarius Tony. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: All right, defense. Ahmad. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Attack You know, okay. we talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, he, he, he's coming on for us, and um, good, good, good to see that people weren't lying about him in the off season. And he, uh, he's, he's living up to the hype that he was receiving in the off season. He just got to continue to keep it going. Um, we got a long season ahead of us. That boy, sacrifice for it right now, too,
0: because I, I know he don't really want to be on in the inside like that. You know what no. I'm saying? Uh, he could really thrive at strong side defensive end. So, so, shout out to that man for holding us down until to, to Kyrie Campbell possibly get back. Then we can get busy. Then we'll see what this defense really look like, you know? That front four change. But uh, defense, I'm going to go Sean Davis. I thought he was – despite how bad the defense – um, those safeties got, has been, I think he's been solid when he was on the field. We lost him early in the old miss game. We got to see him the full game this game. He makes a difference back there. Uh coming downhill, making tackles on bubble screens, uh playing on the back end, deflecting passes, doing what he got to do to break up things, man. So shout out to Sean Davis, man. He's looking like he's ready to make that leap.
2: Absolutely. I, I think you guys both picked, uh both picked great folks. I'll go with um uh with I guess I'll go with Sean Davis, uh, too. Uh, I think that he is the only thing that's separating Florida from... Bar bar. Yeah, absolutely. Cheeks back there. So um, I thought that he played well. He's getting better. He's an improved player. He made some big plays for, uh, for Florida. But, uh, you know, if I wasn't going to go with him... Um, I was going to go with uh, Jaden Hill, who I thought played really, really well. Absolutely. Um, you know, Absolutely. he's a guy that you know is coming off the bench, uh, earned himself a starting spot uh, this week again, and uh, I think that he's just he's playing outstandingly. I think that if you were to ask me before the season started who I thought would get more uh, playing time between him and Chester Kimbrough, I would have picked Chester Kimbrough ten out of ten times. But uh, big shout out to him. He is a little bit leaner than we are normally used to seeing at that position, but I think that he's playing uh, very, very strong. So shout out to uh, to the both of those guys. For sure, for sure. All right, perfect. Well, let's get into um, our guest of the week. So. Which is we'll brought go. to
0: you by Brun Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insurance from the panhandle to the keys. Hit my man Greg up. 954-589-2204. Auto, home, life insurance, renter's insurance. If you have an apartment, man, Greg, got you. Again, the number is 954 954- 5892204 Big Coverage You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale
2: Join us for the first time on Stadium and Gale from 247 Sports is Jeff Tarpley. Jeff, how are you doing this
4: evening? Doing great, guys.
2: Good. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Florida uh, travels to College Station this week for an 11 a.m. kickoff your time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about floor, what Florida should expect. You know, Texas A&M is coming off of a of a loss this weekend, this past weekend, pardon me, to Alabama. Uh, how do you think that they're going to
4: overcome that, and, and what should Florida expect? Well, it's really kind of hard to say what to expect out of A&M. That's part of the problem with the program. They didn't get off to a great start in beating Vanderbilt, who uh, got way the other night by LSU. They go to Alabama. Their Achilles heel the last two years under Jimbo Fisher has been pass defense. It reared its ugly head again. They allowed an average of a first down every time Alabama snapped the ball and allowed four or five plays, chunk plays over uh, of 35 yards or better. Jeez. So what uh, on offense?
2: Let's let's go over offense real quick. Obviously led by uh, quarterback Kellen Mond. Uh, what is their identity on offense right now?
4: Jimbo Fisher's schooled in the West Coast offense, and he runs that. Even though he runs it out of the gun, A and wants to be able to run the ball, kind of displace people in the running game, throw play action off of that. The offensive line hasn't been as productive in 2019, uh, first game of 2020, as much as he wanted it to be. They're using more zone blocking as opposed to man blocking pow- power encounter. They did have solid success running the ball in the first half of the Alabama game, unfortunately for AM until they fell behind by three touchdowns. They kind of had to just throw the ball all over the yard in the second half. So that's what they want to do. They actually did a pretty good job in the first half of using spread concepts, spreading the field, a lot of east-west, a lot of motion, RPOs. Uh, They pulled linemen. They were relatively successful in terms of their ability to move the ball. They just didn't put many points on the board, and especially in comparison to the chunk plays that Bama generated. So, I think what they want to do is control the clock, which is kind of what they did against Bama, but without giving up the big plays that they did against Bama. If they can do that, I think this will be a solid outing for AM on Saturday. But again, they've got to find a way to not allow that pass defense to become a black hole.
2: Interesting. I want to talk to you about Kellen Mond just because I'm just looking at some stats uh, on him. Wasn't able to watch too much of the game uh, on Saturday. Uh, Kellen Mond seems like a guy that's going to throw the ball, you know, 10 yards or less. Is, is that offense kind of predicated on just getting the ball to them in, in open space and hoping that their their receivers can, can make plays from there?
4: Uh, one of the things about the West Coast is you want to be able to run the ball to set up play action, so you can throw the intermediate and in deep routes and back people off the line of scrimmage. A and M hasn't generally run the ball well enough mm-hmm. to be able to do that, and that's kind of been the Achilles' heel in the offense. They do throw, they do throw the ball uh, short. Uh, the, route, the the deep routes in the offense have been used more as clear out routes. For intermediate and shorter routes, and so they really struggle to get the ball down the field. In that regard, they do a lot of high-low concepts, but the the lower concepts tend to be run into the boundary. So if you let's say you got a third and four, uh, you've got a five yard out route, and you manage to, you know, from the back you manage to get the first down. But on the other hand, the play really doesn't go anywhere in terms of an after yardage after the catch uh, deal. What AM did a little bit better on Saturday was they put people in motion. They moved Alabama's eyes, the back seven defenders. They were able to get people the ball in space near the line of scrimmage. And then those people were able to get the ball up the field 10 to 15 yards at a whack. So if they're going to have success, they've got to find a way to run the football, to draw the linebackers and safeties in and create better matchups down the field so that they can actually beat the deep defenders on those what have again what have been used as clear out routes so they can generate those big plays
0: got you what's the um, Scott a report on UF defense for Jimbo? what do you think the attack from what you've seen with UF has put on him?
4: Uh, on Florida's defense or Am's defense
0: on Florida defense.
4: Florida's defense, you know, just watching the South Carolina and Ole Miss games, they've, they've struggled in a lot of different aspects. They, they don't seem to get off their blocks well uh, in the run game. They don't seem to tackle that well in space or near the line of scrimmage. So I think for a they've just got to try to establish the running game. They try to, you know, go back to some of the things they did well against Alabama. You know, the RPOs, power, power and counter. Get some of the east-west stuff going. Also try to run the football, though, and create the ability to throw the ball, say, beyond 10 yards down the field. Whether or not it's a go route or a post route or a corner route, at least generate some intermediate routes 15, 20 yards down the field so that they can back those people off and it kind of gets cyclical. You just, you know, you throw, you, you run the football, you draw people in, you throw the football, back them off again, and you just kind of keep having success that way. I think if A&M can do that, they'll be successful and they'll be able to keep up with Florida. Again, beyond that, it, it, it it's all about whether or not A&M can brush the passer and can stop those explosive plays down the field with its secondary.
0: Speaking of that, uh, the, the explosive uh, plays down the field in and, and that secondary, which you said has had issues uh, with giving up big games. Uh, that's our strong suit. Kyle Traz is a, is a gunslinger. He's ready to throw the ball around the yard. What do you, how do you, you expect Jimbo to be – or the defense coordinator to be aggressive or more of a um, bend but don't break?
4: Well, the, the first two games this season, A&M did not do very much blitzing at all. They counted on getting pressure with four people. And – for the most part, that hasn't really been that effective. Uh, they allowed Vanderbilt, for example, to convert seven of 17 third down situations. And that was kind of an issue, not in terms of Vanderbilt being able to get the ball downfield. But Vanderbilt was able to hit some short, medium range throws and at least extend drives. They had a big time to possession advantage over A&M. Uh, where A&M really got in trouble with it last weekend was they had just one sack, they rushed for a lot. Matt Jones on three plays, uh, let's see, they were, I'm trying, again, I'm trying to go back through them in my mind. Uh, they were third and eight, a, uh, second and 22 of all things, and then a second and eight. And those were the plays that they had the three. If you watched the game at all, you saw the three long touchdown passes. That's how they generated them on passing downs. Matt Jones had all kinds of time to hold the football, allow receivers to execute double moves or outrun AM defenders. And then AM safeties, unfortunately, bit on intermediate routes or double moves and opened up uh, the corners in man coverage down the field. They were supposed to provide help, look like they were supposed to provide help. That didn't happen, which allowed Bama receivers to be four to five yards beyond the nearest A&M defender. A&M's got to get more pressure so that they don't allow Florida and and Trask to hold the ball like that and not allow them to run those, you know, the longer and and Intermediate routes and get the ball down the field and generate the same kind of long plays. If Florida is able to do that with Pitts, Darius Tony, it's going to be another long day on defense for a Hey
1: Jeff, uh, so talk a little bit about you know I know you said they, they got beat uh, in a man coverage. Uh, are they more of a man or zone playing? Uh,
4: well, like a lot of people in college football these days and in, in the NFL, they play a lot of combination coverages. You know, you'll have a, it. You know, it'll look like you know, it'll look like a two high look or a one high look. But ultimately, what you're going to do is you're going to have what like, kind of like a matchup zone. You're going to have uh, corners, nickels, linebackers responsible for the underneath stuff. And they carry it. They carry it down the field to the safeties for them to be able to take the deeper receivers. And the problem is, is that a m safeties last week let those deeper receivers go. They, they jumped those shorter routes. And instead of combining with the corners to, to, you know, cut those off, they missed out on those and allowed those receivers to come wide open. a m has to do a much better job this week of you know, their eye discipline. They have to be able to see route combinations develop, not get anxious, not want to jump on the routes, be patient, and understand that their role is to essentially be the back defender in the defense and not allow those big plays, not allow anyone to get behind them.
1: I know you uh we talked about the big plays. Um, did you think that was uh coming off of uh, because of uh, um, miscommunication in the, in the back end, or they just ran better plays than you guys had called.
4: You know, A&M's got some youth back there. Uh, one of the safeties is a sophomore, Damani Richardson. He's he's really really good. More of an in the better in the box though than he is as a deep defender. Uh, one of the corners is Miles Jones. He was beaten on one of the long plays, but he had outside leverage on this play, like he was expecting inside help. The safety bites on a route to the tied end of all people and the receiver he, he allows the receiver go down the field and then you've got that high low effect again where the safety bites on what's below him and the receiver is open above him. So for AM uh you know even if they're inexperienced they've got they got a freshman starting at, at uh one of the receiver spots, Jalen Jones, pretty good football player for a freshman, but again, they've got to have better communication back there, and they've also got to find a way, even if they have to blitz and maybe shift gears and play more pure man coverage, than they would like because of the youth in the secondary. Because they've got a, you know, they've got a true freshman starting at one of the corner spots. I, I think it's, imp- I think it's imperative that they. I think it's imperative that they communicate better and that they find a way to get more pressure so that Trask does not get the opportunity to hold the ball like Matt Jones did in Tuscaloosa.
1: Do you think that's one thing that we could capitalize on with you guys, you know, being, being youthful in the back end, um, especially well, with like lining up and, and, and getting things things going?
4: Well, like I said, it's been a schematic problem for A&M under Fisher, under defensive coordinator Mike Elko. Mike Elko likes to get eight people in the box. He likes to stop the run. a uh, and has struggled, and AM has struggled, though, on the back end in terms of being able to play a lot of one-high looks. Uh, they, they haven't had the cornerbacks necessarily to do that, but also they've struggled to have these safeties to be able to, you know, commute, read route combinations and communicate. Uh, there's been a great deal, you know, there's, there's a lot of a burden placed in, on safeties in, in modern football to be able to do that. They also haven't had a pass rush. Uh, they don't have any great guys coming off the edge, although Mike, Michael Clemens does have two and a half sacks so far this season. They, they're more of a contain, really, on the edge, even on passing downs to an extent. Because what they don't want quarterbacks to do, they want to get that pressure with the interior linemen coming up field, push them back into the ends. And so the ends are able to make the plays without having to really expose themselves by getting too far upfield, letting the quarterback break out of the pocket. They wanted to keep them in the pocket. Unfortunately, that hasn't worked nearly as well as, as what they want it to. So from A&M standpoint, they've got to change some things up well, I got
0: wants to stay in the pocket so
4: yeah yeah and I've seen Trask. he's not the most mobile guy in the world we'll take you want, want to <laughs> stay in, yeah you want to stay in the pocket uh, for am though I think am got to get him I think they've got to change up I think they've got to get Trask out of his comfort zone if they don't do that I, I think it's I, I think it's going to be problematic unless am now, you know in practice this week I'm sure am's going to work on the back half of the defense making sure that those two high safeties, and again, all those long touchdowns, they didn't come against one guy in the center with one guy in the center of the field. They came with two high safeties on the hashes that should preclude long gains, not. Yeah, so right. it, it, that's how much of a problem it's been. So a and you know, we can sit here and talk scheme, but the bottom line is a you know, and Mike Elko is the safeties coach. So, he's got to do a better job this week of getting his safeties to be able to get on board with what they need to do, not just in terms of the running game, but most importantly in terms of stopping those chunk plays. Um,
2: What can we expect? You know, we saw it a little bit in the, uh, the last game with uh, Haynes King playing a, a little bit in that game. Does it, does he play much this game or was that just kind of a, uh, because of the game,
4: the game got out of hand. Yeah. I, it, it, From what we understand, it was A&M's intention to play him in the opener against Vanderbilt. Uh, Zach Calzada, who's the other scholarship quarterback on the roster, he got some game action last year. King is highly touted. Uh, He was at the opening uh, summer before last where he was one of the best quarterbacks in attendance. He's got a lot of things going for him a uh, and had not seen him in a game situation. He had actually enrolled in January because of everything that's happened. He was mm-hmm. not able to go through spring practice. He had a lot of, uh, you know, spring and summer development, to- development time. He was not- unable to do that. So they wanted to get him in a game. It got out of hand, uh, And at least for him. He came in and showed the fans enough that given Kellen Mond's struggles – uh, mm-hmm. Over the years, even though Mond is now going on a four year starter, uh, people are want you know, they're, a lot of them are on board with Haynes King. And to tell you the truth, if the season continues to go downhill, if they lose this game, they're one and two. And that, you know, that makes the rest of the season kind of problematic in terms of the outcome. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would like to see much more of Haynes King. Now, we're not in Jimbo Fisher's head. So we really don't know if. That's what he wants to do, but you know the fans certainly would like to see more of Haynes King get in. and if in if their mind get him experience, get him ready for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Should Mon falter in any way, shape, form, or fashion over the next few games, and A and M as a whole falter as well.
2: Dan, you muted. Oh, sorry. Since we're talking about uh, Jimbo Fisher, I want to, want to ask you um, around college station. What are the thoughts uh, about Jimbo Fisher? Obviously comes to Texas A&M from Florida state, given a 10 year contract, fully guaranteed. He um, struggled a little bit that his first, you know, number of seasons that are, are there potentially is on the verge of, you know, going one and two to start this season. Are there any murmurs? What's the, what's the conversation like about Jimbo Fisher?
4: I I think it was all positive even after they went eight and five last Mm -hmm. year uh, because the five games they lost last year, all of those teams were ranked in the top 10 when they played them. uh, And three of them were ranked number one when they played them. Clemson was number one. uh, Alabama was number one. Then LSU was number one. And so everybody, he had to replace a number of the, the front seven on defense, he had working some uh, young guys out of a highly, tutor, highly touted recruiting class into the uh, into the offense. So from that standpoint, I think the fan base kind of gave him a pass on last year. And remember, 2018, AM's nine and four record. I think they they were voted 16th in the final AP poll was their best showing uh, since Johnny Manziel was on campus. So, you know, everybody at the end of 2018, everybody thought Jimbo Fisher would, had a and on their way. Mm-hmm. And last year, everybody was a little disappointed, especially in the bowl game when Mon really, really struggled. In fact, uh, he did not throw for over 100 yards in either the LSU or Oklahoma State games to close the season. When a and came out, really struggled against Vanderbilt in the opener at home you know, this is a team that's borderline, depending on whether you include the big 10 pac 12 schools, borderline top 10 uh, going into the season. Jimbo Fisher is the quarterback coach offensive, not technically, but he works with the quarterbacks. He's facto play caller. He's a de facto special teams coordinator. He's essentially his own recruiting coordinator. And he's also his basically his own special teams coordinator. So you've got a guy that wears a lot of hats and, after the Vanderbilt game the other night, uh, when he came up after the game and, and addressed the, the media, he, he was pretty downcast. Normally, Fisher is an upbeat guy. He's a native West Virginian. Aggies love him for the state. You know, he's got the accent. Uh, you know, he's got a ranch outside College Station. Folks just love that. Uh, but he he came to that press conference and he was kind of downcast because Mm -hmm. he realized that Mond had a, did not have a very good game. The offense only scored 17 points. They had five fumbles. They turned it over three of those times. Special teams had two snafus, including a punt that was fielded in the end zone, had a block in the back in the end zone. They threw the flag. And of course you get flagged in your own end zone. It's a safety. Never, I'm 57, never seen that before. Just, you know, and so you start adding all that up. The defense was the best part of, of the program that night. Yeah. Well, Jimbo Fisher doesn't run the defense. That's Mike Elko's baby. Yeah. So all of that fell on Fisher. So I think Fisher's sitting there going, all of that happened. you know, All of this is on me. Um, Kellen Mond, what happened to him? I'm the quarterback's coach. He's my guy. That's on me. I've got a week to fix this. And to an extent, he did uh, on Saturday, even though A&M lost the game. uh, And this is a long-winded way of saying he had everybody up until the Vanderbilt game, and then everyone's kind of like, hey, what's going on
2: here?
4: We're starting to see some of the things we saw at Florida State. You know, the the offensive line's been problematic. It was really problematic at Florida State. You know, is he really the quarterback guru? Everybody said he is. You know, let's take a look at the last couple of three years he was at Florida State. So people started seeing parallels to some of that. Uh, You know, Fisher's a great recruiter. Uh, He's gotten A&M on track from a talent standpoint, back-to-back top ten classes. This game, I I wouldn't say it's a make-or-break game for Jimbo Fisher in terms of his perception. I do think it might be more of a make-or-break game for Kellen Mond, and to a lesser extent, Jimbo Fisher's ability to sit there and go, "You know what? I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm calling all the shots here. I'm right. a 75 million dollar guy. You know, you've given me everything I've wanted. I, I think at that point, if they lose to Florida, he's got to sit there and start thinking about." And especially if Kellum Mond doesn't play well, you know, what what does he have to do at the quarterback position? Right. He 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 may not do anything right away because Anon has to go to start film face Mike Leach the week after. Right. So they've got an open date, Arkansas after that. So I think if nothing else, Fisher knows that for Mond and thus by extension, it's a crucial week because if they lose that, then what happens to the rest of the season and right. what kind of happens to his perception, because this was supposed to be a big, a, a good year. This was supposed to be a year when everything was in place for A&M. And if they're one and two, then that's on the verge of not happening. Right. Okay.
2: Hold on one second, Corey. I I just want to kind of give this note. Jimbo Fisher's 29 and 21 against power five teams since James Winston graduated. So it almost seems like Jeff based on your thoughts, almost like the idea of Jimbo Fisher and his, you know, ranch and belt buckle more than maybe the idea of Jimbo Fisher as a coach. Now
4: it's not that Uh, you, you look at what Fisher does in terms of his, he's a dynamic play caller. I had someone in the sec tell me two years ago that uh, Fisher was the best play caller and game planner that he'd ever been around. Uh, And when you asked me what I was talking about, I was talking about in terms of the feelings of the fans in College Station uh, and and Aggies across the state of Texas. I, I think what has to happen for Fisher is he has to take a look at what he's doing in terms of the types of guys that they're bringing in on defense and also, what kind of you know what kind of offense they're running? Uh, they haven't brought in a lot of corners. They've had issues with the pass defense. Uh, they've been able to stop the run. They've gotten gradually gotten better at stopping the run. They're solid at stopping the run. Pass it, you know. Pass defense issues remain. It, it, to use a Fisher turn that he used after the Vanderbilt game about killing Monk. Those issues are correctable as far as A&M goes. And keep in mind, too, after the Alabama game, you know, people are like, hey, look, it's third year out, third year you've played in a row, you've played Alabama, hadn't gone very well. So they they, they wanted to see some progress this this last weekend. That didn't happen. If he beats Florida on Saturday, which A&M can do, there's no question in my mind that A&M can beat Florida based on watch. I've watched both Florida games. I've watched a m play both times. I think there's no question in my mind a can beat Florida. He's just going to have to figure out some ways to do that, and he's certainly capable of that. He's just got to go ahead and pull it off.
0: Real quick, real quick. Um, you say you expected this season to be a big season uh, for Jimbo, and it's not happening. Does, does any of the holdouts from either COVID or anything else injury-wise, has that affected or changed maybe the perception? Um, he got some important guys sitting out, right?
4: Well, the guys that are sitting out, most of them weren't going to be huge. All but two of them, I think, weren't going to be huge contributors this year. Jamon Osborne at receiver gave Kellen Mond an experience uh, safety net. Osborne is not a dynamic down the field player, but what, you know, if you want to run him on a drive route or, or uh, double in route and as a security blanket, uh, you know, check down routes. He was very, very good at that. So, if Mon was struggling, Mon could go to Osbin, at least move the chains, keep drives going. He's got a very inexperienced receiver core right now because of that. And so, you know, Saturday at Alabama, you had guys that didn't know exactly where, where to get lined up. They'd struggle to get off the line of scrimmage sometimes. Chase Lane has been very, very good for AM the first couple of games. But so, Osbin's loss, yeah, that that's kind of been a little problematic. I don't know that they've missed starting linebacker Anthony Hines. Aaron Hansford and Andre White have combined to fill his role uh, quite admirably. The only way the uh, those two really hurt is if a the receiver core doesn't really progress to the standpoint that you got a bunch of four you know four-star receivers that AM's And recruited. They just don't progress from the standpoint the passing game ever really gets going. I think from a linebacker standpoint, unless there's some a AM has some promising players. I think unless there's some injuries, I think they're okay there. Uh, you know, it's just can AM go out, get through this stretch uh, against Alabama. And, and this has been the focus for a while. Get through the stretch, Alabama, Florida, and now Mississippi State. Get through it at three and one because if you get through it at three and one, then all of a sudden you got a week off. You're playing Arkansas, Tennessee's about be tough, but then the rest of the season until you get to LSU and Auburn is it's it's a lot easier than the stretch that they're opening and closing with. So if you can get through, get into that stretch, win more games, then you're playing for a New Year's Six bowl at some point. At least you're keeping yourselves in the conversation. We start out one and three, maybe even two and two, then it's a lot more difficult to be in that conversation.
0: Jeff, you say you think uh, that A and M is capable of beating Florida. I do think they're. Um, it's, it, it, they are. I think they are as well. But what I don't know if uh, your man Kellen Monk could go uh, go, sh- go get in the shootout. Do you think he get in the shootout? Because for you guys to win, it will have to be in the shootout.
4: I think it all depends on AM's pass defense. If AM's pass defense turns into a black hole, uh, and the same type of thing we've seen over the you know over the last three years, then yeah, then Mons gonna struggle to be able to do that. That's not necessarily his type of game. you know, for him, a shootout that he can win is let's say 3128, that kind of game. It's not necessarily a game that gets into the 40s because he's with him at the helm, I don't know that A&M can generate enough chunk plays unless A&M's receivers grow up in a hurry and Mon himself develops the confidence to sit there, get the ball to them down the field, or maybe they generate some chunk plays in the run game. You know, Aniah Smith is a dynamic guy out of the backfield. I don't know if you, you guys noticed him last weekend. He had six catches for 123 yards in him. On front. You know, he's a guy that you can really count on in that regard. Yeah, you know, that, that Mon can really count on in that regard. So, but I think that in terms of a shootout from Mon's comfort zone, I think it's a game that stays in the upper 20s, maybe the low 30s. Yeah, and, and again, this is not a team, and I don't know, you know this is just not a team that right now, is necessarily built to play into the 40s, upper 30s, 40s, win those types of games.
2: Perfect, Jeff. Let's get a, a score prediction out of you.
4: You know, I don't really do score predictions. What I try to do is say, hey, look, what what are the keys to success for a and I think if A&M is going to, and, and by extension Florida, I think if A&M is going to win this game – they have to find a way to keep the chunk plays down because if they do that, then A and M can run the ball. They can own time possession. They can do all the things that Jimbo Fisher wants them to do: go play action, and work their way down the f- work their way down the field. Keep the ball out of Kyle Trask's hand. Uh, I think that's I think that's the way they win the football game. I think that when you sit there and you talk about the linchpin. That's the linchpin. I think they lose very simply if Trask does what he's done the first couple of weeks of the season and has a 350, 400 yard 5 TD type of game uh, where he's you know he's averaging close to 10, you know 10 yards and 10. I mean that was the thing that that killed us, you know, killed us that watched the team last week. Alabama averaged 20 yards of completion. I mean you just you know Florida goes out, and as good as Pitts and uh, Tony are, they're not quite as explosive as Alabama is. But if, huh? if, if A&M can't – Say what? Uh, I I'll just playing. Go ahead. Yeah, if, if, yeah, they're not quite as explosive as Alabama is simply because Waddle and uh, Devonta Smith are, are just – especially Waddle. Waddle. Waddle's a Texas kid, by the way. And that's one of the things that A&M not getting him you want to talk about a uh sliding doors type of scenario. What if AM had Waddle? Uh, the passing game would be totally different. But I think from A from Florida standpoint, if they can generate those type of chunk plays, then it's going to be very, very difficult for AM to win.
0: I agree. Thank you for hanging out with us, Jeff. We appreciate it, man.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff.
4: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate y'all.
2: You have a good one. Thank you, sir.
4: You do the same. All right, hey. Jeff
2: Tarpley with, with 24-7 sports.
0: I thought his name was Jeff Herbstreit. He couldn't give a prediction. <laughs>
2: this,
1: this, this, this man want to talk about Alabama players. Like, he was, they had a right? <laughs>
0: Now, Jeff is cool. Like, he got, I, got, I got a lot of information out of the long-winded, Jeff.
2: I, I no longer need to read any prep, do anything nope. to watch Texas a and wow. I am fully prepared for Saturday. I, you know,
0: yes, sir. Um, that's all I would need to know. The last question I asked, is mine ready for a shootout? Cause our defense, our secondary sound like theirs, right?
2: It's, it seems like it, yeah. In the, yeah, the stat-
0: I would say the, our yeah. safety sound like theirs a little bit.
2: The the stats don't really show much. I mean, obviously they played Vanderbilt, who's not very good on offense. Uh, only scored twelve points, and then they got blown out of the water by uh, by Alabama. So I'm not exactly sure who Texas A and M is. I just don't think that they're very good um, as a whole. I think that Florida. I think that Florida wins big in this one.
0: I don't know. I don't know if we win big. I think we could cover the spread. I don't want to get too crazy from this standpoint. I think Jimbo Fisher is a smart play caller.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: think Jimbo Fisher could see what our issues are on defense on film, and he could expose those things. Uh, whether or not Kellen Mond can execute and those receivers can grow up is a whole different story. But I think Jimbo can find some schemes and some holes in our defense to move the ball and make it an interesting game. It was they made it an interesting game with Bama for a little bit.
2: They did, and the game was a little bit closer than the final score. Probably, you know, definitely in the first half. Um, I think that Florida is talented from a uh, from a wide receivers perspective. I think that they'll be able to exploit the open field with Kyle Trask. Um, I'm curious to see what the play calling is and everything else. Uh, When I say Florida big, you know, I like Florida by by 13 to to 16 points um, in this one, and I'll I'll give you the reasons why. Um, I, I think that that Florida will be able to get some pressure on Kellen Mond. And I don't think that Texas A&M will in-, in turn be able to get pressure on, on Kyle Trask. They only have three sacks on the year. Um, they played a-, a pretty porous offensive line in Vanderbilt and weren't able to get much there. And they weren't right. able to get much against Mac Jones. I think that, you know, Kyle Trask is better than Mac Jones. I don't think that Florida has got the-, the same wide receiver talent as a Jalen Waddell, but I-, I do think that, you know, Kadarius Tony is a mismatch. And then I think, you know, Kyle Pitts is the biggest mismatch in, in, in- College football right now. Um, I like Florida to to score a lot on offense. I think that they're gonna give up some points and Jimbo Fisher is gonna, you know, get some points. But I I think that, you know, Texas AM probably is is capped at maybe 24, 27 points a game. And I think that Florida is right. gonna be anywhere between this 38 to 50 point, you know, per game for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, that's, that's we hanging out right around there. So speed boating. That's just I'm just I don't yeah. care what the defense i want the defense to get better, but uh, it's the LSU game last year, bro. Every game, yep. we ready for it. Out, um, we got the best, I think, combination. I like what Bama's got going on, but I think as far as diversity, what Kyle Pitts and what Kadarius Tony totally bring to the game, I like mine too. I like I like, yep. I like what Bama got going with wallow and all of them. They're explosive. But I like my two man. They bring something totally different to the game, bro. Um, you can't double either one. It's hard to game game plan for either one.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Kyle Trask, named after Kyle Field, we found out today. Parents, big Texas A&M fans. Um, Sometimes so God awesome just got a plan, him. you know. That's right. That's right. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think I've said this before. Um, I went to Texas A&M when I traveled for work um, about nine years ago. Um, I don't think I've been to a weirder place on earth than College Station, Texas, so I hope Florida beats pants off of them. Um, I'm
0: glad we get to go there and not deal with those cowbells. <laughs>
2: um i think that's uh texas oh, that- 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 no, no that's
0: the military that that's it um, yeah, i texas yeah they're the military
2: up. people they're the cheer people they're the 12th man they're that uh you know there you go. There hang you out go. on friday nights you know learning cheers instead of you know drinking alcohol with their friends Yeah, it's, it's loud over here damn my bad no you're good you're good uh talk to me a, l- a little bit about what you guys have from a uh from a score prediction um and what are your your keys to the game.
0: I think the keys to the game for us is uh, just uh, shoring up the back end at safety, Um, just playing discipline, assignments, um, just executing as far as the secondary go. Um, That's our keys to the game. I think we fixed that, a lot of our problems. I mean, I think Texas A&M is going to score, but I want to see us clean up things at safety. Um, I got a score around, i go 24-38.
1: I got it around there. Okay. Ahmad. We definitely got to uh, tackle better. Um, we got to get our assignments down um, on, on the back end. We got to make sure uh, we don't have any, any any missed assignments back there so we can give away any uh, cheap touchdowns or any cheap points. Um, again, we got to make sure we tackle the ball to get to the next down. Uh, we got to set, start setting edges on our defense. I know we talked about that a little bit before, um, early in the show, uh, but we got to make sure we put an edge on our defense um, and, and keep them from getting outside, you know. Uh, we got guys pursuing to the ball inside out. It's a longer run to get all the way to the sideline um, than it would be to make the running back or, or, or whoever um, running the ball to cut back, you know, and, and, and have the defense pursuing to make the tackle. Uh, offense, um, we got to stay consistent. Um, we got to run the ball like like uh, like we said um, earlier in the show as well. That's um, the heavy defense. Yeah, especially if we get up, yeah, yeah. If, if we, um, we got to pound that rock, man, to, to, to get some uh, – some rest on our defense and we gotta uh you know run that clock down a little bit um but again we can't we can't sputter like we, we've been doing the past two games on, on a few drives you know we got we gotta keep our foot on the gas and, um and keep our foot on the throat
2: give me a score prediction Amod.
1: um i like us uh i'll say 30
2: 30 35 i'll
1: say 35 21. I all right I like that
2: so, a couple field goal difference. Uh, You guys you hit the nail on the head as much as I I'm want to sure see. field goal
0: difference 35
2: 21, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You He said 35 21, you said 38 24. Sorry, just in scores. Um, oh no! Yeah, yeah, right around
1: Canadian football or something. Man. I ain't really yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No, my my
1: apologies about Europe, man. What the hell you
2: got? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, same thing you guys said. Um, as much as I want to see Kyle Trask, you know, really light it up this game, I really want to see Florida get the ball moving, um, rushing the ball. I mean, if Florida is going to compete for national championship this year, um, they they need to be able to establish a run, and I haven't been able to see them do it uh, yet in terms of play calls. I want to see them extend drives. I want to see them, you know, have more than 53 plays in a game. Obviously, I know Florida is able to score a lot against South Carolina last uh, last week. And I think that, you know, South Carolina is probably as good of a defense as Texas A&M. So I don't think that Florida's going to have a problem moving the ball. But I do want to see them establishing the run just to give them an extra dynamic uh, out there uh on defense you guys have hit the nail on the head that's the only thing that sucks about going third is is if i take all your talking points um i I feel like i'm cheating uh i do want to see us be able to get to the uh to the to the quarterback a little bit more uh kellen mond is a you know decent quarterback you know he has his you know great games he has some average games you know and i want to see florida you know definitely you know veer him towards that average game uh as a whole i think that you know florida could really use some help uh with the pass rush and um you know, definitely in, in run blocking as well, uh, but definitely safeties. And, and then I want to see a better game out of Marco Wilson. I think that he's an extremely talented kid, uh, and this is an opportunity to redeem himself. I like Florida, like I said, by probably about 13 points. I'm going to go, uh, you know, Florida 38-21. Uh, yeah, I also
0: – I mean, we talked about this earlier. I don't know if we really uh hit on it. I don't remember. But we talked about uh, my man Brayton Cox pass rushing and kind of flying up the field. I would like to see yeah. him pulling up that, maybe do some stunts get him busy in a different fashion with the pass rush, but just seeing him just fly up the field is something I don't want to see. I want to see him do more things, contain a little bit better and and give me something different.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree completely. I mean, that's one thing that I noticed in the first game, but I thought maybe it's just kind of first game jitters. And and you can definitely see that he is an exceptionally talented kid. You know, we heard before the season started, you know, that Todd Grantham said that he's the, you know, maybe the most talented kid he's ever coached on defense, including the NFL, which – you know, it, you can see the flashes of it, but at the end of the day, if all you can do is speed rush and you're one dimensional in that way, you know, teams are going to figure out a way to scheme around you. And and you know, like you said, I want to see him stunt. I want to see him, you know, do a little bit more. Um, I feel like he's over pursued a little bit, uh, and a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he hasn't played football in two years, um, or you know, season and a half. But you know, at the end of the day, I really, really like uh, what we've seen out of him so far. I Absolutely, just think he can get uh, just a little bit better, but um. You know, this is an opportunity for Florida to play a, a good, talented team with good, talented players uh, that have been recruited well, and and I do think that Florida wins this game, and I think that they win it pretty convincingly um, and then uh, get ready for LSU next week.
0: I'm with it, man. Um, All right. Predictions. I'm never predicting. We'll do play of the game, predict play of the game. I'm never going to predict the running back again because it's a, waste, <laughs> it's a waste of time.
1: You already know that ain't going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's yeah. never happening. Um, Dan, who you got? Let you go first since we always right. go first. So, so, so for,
2: for offensive player of the game, I'm going to go. I feel like you're, you're cheating when you say Kyle Pitts, but I think that Kyle Pitts is a huge mismatch for the safeties that Texas A&M has. They're young, they're inexperienced.
0: Man, yeah.
2: Um, I, I like uh, I like Kyle Pitts to go big, get him a couple touchdowns, uh set the record for uh, UF uh, receiving touchdowns uh, by a tight end.
1: I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go either or right now and and it's gonna make more sense when I say it. I'm gonna go either or um I want I want to test that freshman so say you got a freshman at corner uh, I like a big day out of either Grimes or Copeland whoever whoever he guarded. um I, I like a big day out of them so um I think we could, we could capitalize on that freshman being back there and that new guy's safety I think he said it was like sophomore or something I think we, we capitalize and and one of them wide receivers have a big day.
0: Give me Justin Shorter. I like you. I, like, I had your same train of thought, but I'm gonna go Justin Shorter. He's looking like he's ready to explode. Pause. So, um, yeah. let me let me get Justin Shorter in that same with the same line of thinking that Amad's thinking. But Justin Stor- Shorter looks like the real deal. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he busts one. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: big body dudes don't want to get in front of him. It's hard to guard yeah.
0: him when he catch that little bubble screen. Him and Whitmore have been running that thing yep. real hard.
2: Yeah, yep. All right, what about on defense? So you can start this one.
0: Uh defense, give me Chatfield. I wanna see Chatfield get more snap, snaps. I like how active he is when he's on the field. Um I won't say I want my man um James Houston to start and maybe he can get 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 into that conversation. But I'm gonna go Chatfield.
1: I know this is gonna be a little bit weird, and I don't mean this in a weird way because a lot of times if um, this guy's making a lot of plays, it, I, I don't mean it's a good thing for the Gators, but I like Sean Davis. I think Sean Davis is gonna make some plays for us. Um, hopefully, get us a turnover or two back in the back end. We don't even have no interceptions by, the, by anybody in the secondary, do we? No, 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 no Garvin, just Gervon Dexter. Gervon Dexter still, still plays. A, like, what is this? But you know, what I do respect to Gervon Pope County. Um, I don't think he's <laughs> supposed to be leading us to interceptions, bro.
2: No, not, a, not as a true freshman, that's for sure. That's I'm a whole lot go-
0: of Polk County engaged with right now. Boy, that thing heavy. You hear me? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I want I'm, I'm I'm, I'm to listen to play Paralyzed down there in the club, man.
2: Well paralyzed? Uh, you I'm
1: know a, about that,
2: man? No, nah, I have no idea what you oh, I talking about. Oh, I have to bring back Word of the Week in the future. Oh, you, oh, you ain't oh, really a
0: Florida boy if you don't know that song. But yeah, Say one more. What song is it? I don't know. That might be the Song of the Week, man. That gotta be the song of the week. I don't know who got the song, but that's about to be. I think it's
2: time. you. What what song was it?
0: Paralyzed.
2: Oh uh, no, no, definitely not. Um, I thought I maybe misheard it. Still don't know. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Brenton Cox. I, I think that this is the game that he you know really disrupts the uh the uh the quarterback um and, and gets a couple sacks, maybe causes some havoc, wreaks some havoc, uh, causes a turnover. I'm gonna go Brenton Cox. You wrestling the mic or something, my dude. You good? Yeah. <laughs> Is is it staticky? My apologies. (laughs) I got got excited and grabbed it. (laughs) Paul. Paul. All right. So let's take everybody out with everybody's favorite ad read, and then we'll uh, we'll end the show.
0: Oh, shout out to manscaped.com. The best of the best when it comes to men's grooming. Fellas, if you got a hairy situation, you got to tighten that up. Let's get proactive, man. Self-care, health care is all 2020, man. That's the wave. Lum 3.0, a trimmer with skin safe technology. You're not gonna skim them balls, man. The perfect tool for an incredible grooming experience. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Safely take care of business, man. The only shock of being your, on your partner's face is a, a trim job done well. I kind of I kind of messed that part up. Oh well. Uh anti-chafe ball deodorant. That's the wave. Summer's gone, the fall is here, so it's a little bit cool. But still, keep those balls deodorant rise. Coupon code SG at checkout for free shipping, 20% off. Manscaped.com, support your podcast.
2: I love it. Boys, same time, same corner next week.
0: Next week, I'm pulling up. You know the vibes. Song of the
1: Week. Song of the Week is Paralyzed. Who sings it? OHB, okay,
2: Boys. Oh, very good. Well, looking Dan, forward what
1: here clubs here. would you in if you ain't never heard this? You no, know I'm saying, Dan, they literally play that everywhere.
0: We got we to bring back got to Weave. He'll you know this They're song, bro. Paralyzed. Oh, uh,
1: when, when I listen to
0: it, I'll let you guys I want to say the rest of it, but I'm just letting the people hear it. Uh, uh,
1: okay, uh, uh, hey, All right, we club screaming out of here. <laughs> no,
2: definitely <laughs> not. Definitely wasn't in any of those clubs, boys.
1: <laughs> but, Dan, it everywhere. It wasn't no, just in Polk County. That's just not a Polk County song. I've never been to a Polk County club. If you, if you were in Miami, at least sometime, one time they'll play it, maybe. I'm on. You
2: know, I, was, were, I, lived Coral, I lived in Coral. I lived in Coral. Dan, yeah, you guys to it right,
0: too, Dan. It's same corner, same time. Not same That's, time, same corner.
2: Yeah, yeah well.
0: I'll, I'll,
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll work on that, and I'll work on uh, learning in the Oak Hill Boys. It's a
0: branding thing, man. You, you see, guys
2: well, know the what, Oak Ridge what, 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 Boys? What, 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 well, one of the OK boys got, got
1: killed
2: though, there. Oh, man. Rest in peace. It's yeah. yeah, hard he like, to hear man.
0: that. Pour out a little something for him that night. Yeah,
2: then. I'm going to pour out a little something for him. All right, man. There you go. How are you going to take somebody from me? You introduce me to him, and then you tell me he dies, you know? Hey, man. You? My go
0: son go go just go go started go go liking go. Tupac like a month ago, so same vibe. Say, say what, bro? I said my son just started liking Tupac like a month ago, so it's the same vibe. <laughs> You you mean he's up, dead. Yeah, he's dead, son. I'm sorry to tell you.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> like a huge disappointment. Bro. It is. Like, man, his like... son, bro, just, just, all his hopes just got let down because he was right. Bro, that's like something like, I know one day my dad going to me, let me meet this dude. No, nah, but you know he, he,
0: he went down a rabbit hole on YouTube. I mean, now he thinks Tupac's not dead. So there, there
1: you go. Oh, man. He in Cuba? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> 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 he's
0: telling all his friends that at, at school right now, bro. Yeah, he say he's with Triple um, X, the guy, the kid that just uh, died last year. They say both in Cuba, vibing. Well, uh, let's get out of here, man. Yeah, all right,
2: all right boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. Always being this motherfucker.
3: Stay riding up in the club, screaming out Poe County. So paralyzed, 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 paralyzed. Paralyze. Paralyze. So fucked up, can't open my eyes. I'm paralyzed, and I'm crying, we in the club bouncing. no drinking no dinner, getting high by the houses. We on the floor, crying from day to day. My fly smoking Joe, yo, fly smoking, hey, cry it's this the way to be. Girl, you wanna get high? Come home with me. Yeah, we gon' lay back and sit in the sea. I'll stop the speed i'm so high with mm-hmm. the to the cuff and I get this bitch crunk on this cut meat and on this good throw, on this good dyke and on them fat types. i'm so tight dog i'm paralyzed so fucked up can't open my eyes i'm so crunked off this enj me and my dogs been sitting on her all day. day i'm paralyzed fucked up when i smoke that fire hey city nigga that's no lie come with it or you just might die and y'all know we smoke on the bed a mess it with a towel through your flesh. Pussy nigga better learn some respect. Fair love, fair love, Stay riding Up in the club Screaming out whole ho, shaking, they rompin' like they on something. Make you move, something throwing bows and stuntin' Fall to the bar, get on something that's rugged. And see out the bottle, nigga, be like fuck it Go to another club, pass the keys to the bucket. Zoom me out of here, wanna see what's next? Man, I cannot focus, because 'cause I'm rolling on that ass. Goddamn, I am, baby boy, you crazy boy, old to Mercedes boy. Catch me sliding at the club with your lady boy. She be like, oh my god, when I'm banging boy. let be hanging boy, swingin', boy. Look at them jangling, you know they dangling. Boy, look at them how they crack the payment boy And everybody in the club, what you said, boy? So fucked up, can't open my eyes Fair lie, So fucked up, can't open my eyes Oh, kill, you know we stay right in the club, screaming out no we stay riding up in the club streaming I broke out.